Now we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. Today is going to be kind of a quick one because it's, well, I guess I can say right now, a good time for a mock draft because EMBA is coming right around the corner, July 31st. There's now set dates for the lottery and also as well the NBA draft coming in October. So we now have a good idea when these teams are going to go ahead and know exactly where they fit in line as far as the draft is concerned. But we can also gauge when we need to go ahead and have those final selections in, when the lottery picks are going to be announced, and so much more. So I'm going to go ahead right now and call this a version 1.0 as a lot of other people out there changing their versions as they're as they're adapting who's rising who's falling but i wanted to go ahead after i've spent a lot of time now with stone hansen from draftsite.com michael weisenberg from perspective insight and also the stepian and also my good friend rafael barlow from nba draft junkies wanted to go ahead and thank so much each and every one of them because they've been so great as far as being on the show, sharing their advice, sharing their thoughts on the various prospects out there. So I wanted to go ahead and share my own thoughts because I'm doing a lot of research, not only in preparation for my conversations with them, but I've been doing a lot of preparation in regards to going ahead and seeing if I could go ahead and come up with an NBA mock draft myself. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and just rattle them off for you right now. I know in the coming days on our program on the Lakers Fast Break, I'm going to have conversations with Stone Hansen from DraftSide.com, Michael Weisenberg from The Stepian, and also, as well, Rafael Barlow. We're going to have in-depth conversations on my mock draft compared to their mock drafts, and also, as well, just check out, see which players are rising, which players are well thought of by me, which players are well thought of by them maybe vice versa. So we'll be going back and forth over the next couple weeks here and hopefully get a chance to, I will, you know, hopefully anyways, get a chance to speak to each and every one of them about the mock draft. I know I've already been conversing back and forth with them. They've already had a chance to check out. So here we go. My thoughts on this NBA draft right now. Let's call it a version 1.0 in the Lakers fast break NBA mock draft. All right, let's get started at number one. Right now, it's the Golden State Warriors because we're basing everything off of the Tankathon standings, the, the standings that are in place based off of the records right now as of this point. I mean, they haven't gone into the eighth game regular season for the other 22 teams or anything of that nature. Haven't gotten a lottery yet. So we're just basing it off the standings that you can find right now as of June, you know, I guess, let's say June 5th right now, right there at Tankathon. So we're going to go ahead at number one. Golden State Warriors, let's go ahead and give them the first pick, James Wiseman. That's right, James Wiseman. Big upside, a lot of potential there. A big man who could do a lot of things. So let's see what he can do for the Golden State Warriors because I have him right now as the number one choice. It's very difficult because I had LaMelo Ball. He was a close call. I, I've already told this to a couple of the inside guys that I really think that LaMelo Ball is close because he has such a great passing ability, but right now, number one for me is James Wiseman. Number two for the Cleveland Cavaliers, 
and that's going to be Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards from Georgia, big time superstar potential, but there's some questions there as well. But I think he's going to be a, a great fit if Cleveland goes ahead and picks in that slot. So let's go ahead with Anthony Edwards at number two for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Number three, we've got Minnesota and the Minnesota Timberwolves. And with D'Angelo Russell and also as well, you've got Carl Anthony Towns. You've got a nice one-two there. So what do you do for an encore? I really think that if you want to go ahead and let, I guess at this point in time, D'Angelo Russell be kind of like an off guard instead of having to worry about the point guard position, then probably look at LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball being at the number three spot, although... They could really utilize that as well for assets in a trade if, let's say, the Knicks, who are really high on LaMelo Ball, if they really want to go ahead and trade. So LaMelo Ball falls a little bit. You can see some action there. But if they stick to it, LaMelo Ball would be actually a nice addition to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Number four, the Atlanta Hawks, they need defense. They need some power. They need some umph. I think I'm going to go ahead and say they're going to get Onyeka Nkongwu from USC. Really like his motor, really like his hustle, really like what he brings to the table. I think he can go ahead and be similar to what they already have now with Clint Capella. A little bit smaller version of that. And let's go, they have not only one, but two players who could run the floor, get to the rim, pick and roll, do a lot of great things. But mainly they can provide a great deal of much needed defense. That's what I think the key is there. Much needed defense for the Atlanta Hawks. So I see Onyeka Okongwu going to the Atlanta Hawks in number four. Number five, Detroit Pistons. They need a lot of things on this team. But I'm going to say at this point, the best player on the board is Killian Hayes, who some people, even some of the guys I talked to, have him even higher than this. We've seen him go as high as number one already in some of these mock drafts. So Killian Hayes, kind of like a combo guard i think he's not just a good point guard he can be a good shooting guard can be can play either or if he really really gets his shot into shape from the outside i mean he he already shoots well free throw shooting and if that's the case a lot of people are pointing to that projection that if they shoot free throws well in college even if they're not shooting well now in three-point shooting They can develop that. They believe that they can develop that or a team can help them develop that. So I'm going to go ahead and say at number five, he brings a lot of great things as far as playmaking and things of that nature. I think if he can develop that aspect of his outside shooting, I think he'll be a great pick for the Detroit Pistons. Coming up at number six, and again, we got the Knicks right now, but the Knicks are really trying hard for the middle ball. So it wouldn't surprise me to see them trade some assets in order to move up in the draft to try and get LaMelo Ball. But if they don't, there's still a darn good point guard right now available at this point of time in the mock draft, and that's Tyrese Halliburton from Iowa State. Good passer, very tall, 6'5", good length. I think he can go ahead and be an asset on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. He's just not as aggressive as I think you would like to see. He likes to go ahead and defer to his teammates, which is not always a bad thing. But when you need him to be a little bit more aggressive, you're going to have to go ahead and try and instill that into him. But I'll tell you what, Tyrese Halliburton would be a very, very good pick for the New York Knicks if they're unable to make that trade and move up for LaMelo Ball. 
Number seven, we've got Obi Toppin for the Chicago Bulls. The Chicago Bulls are going to take Obi Toppin, in my opinion. I think that Obi Toppin is an outstanding candidate to go ahead and produce for you from day one. Coming out as the player of the year for college, does a lot of things well. Defensively, playing man-to-man defense is going to be hard for him because he doesn't really get his, his position always right. I know he's very good as far as from a vertical position, blocking shots. He's a great rim runner, great on the fast break. Plus, he has an outside shot, and he can stretch the floor and hit with range, and he also has a good outside shot. So I'll tell you what, that combination of what he can do inside and outside leads me to believe that the Chicago Bulls will be getting themselves a player who can contribute right away. Just some issues on the defensive end, but if he can shore that up, he can really become a big-time player in the league. Not necessarily at a superstar level, but I really think he can be a great contributor to a winning team. Number eight is the Charlotte Hornets. Let's go with Patrick Williams, freshman out of Florida State. Great size, abilities right there for you. I think he's going to have what I see is a lot of potential into becoming that small ball center or the small ball power forward that a lot of teams are looking for. Can guard multiple positions. Good free throw shooting, if he works at it will translate to being a very good outside shooter. So I think he can develop into a very, very solid 3 and D wing player. I think the fact that he will be able to go ahead and guard three positions, depending on the matchups at the next level, I think that really speaks volumes for him. He may even be able to go ahead and guard four positions at the next level. So I'll tell you what, it's something that I think that people need to go ahead and take a look at when it comes to Patrick Williams. A lot of potential there, and I have him at number eight for the Charlotte Hornets. Number nine, you've got the Washington Wizards and Isaac Okoro, defensive stopper. Not going to put that into question. Defensive stopper, Deluxe, very good on the ball defense. Quick hands, can go ahead and get that steal, get you out on the break. Very athletic. Not a great shooter at this point. Not a great shooter from the line, not a great shooter from the three point line. That is going to have to be shored up or else it's going to be a major issue on the offensive end as far as him being a consistent threat from there. But as a defensive stopper, he could become that in the league. I really think that's what the Wizards need is more on the defensive side of the ball because we already know that they can score a lot of points. So you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say Isaac Okoro, who can guard small forwards, shooting guards, and point guards, I think at the next level, is a good solid pick at number nine for Washington, but he's got to go ahead and build upon what he has for an outside shot. Number 10 is the Phoenix Suns. Denny Avija, that's right, from Maccabi Tel Aviv. I'm gonna go with him. I know right now they have a versatile big man already in Dario Saric, but you know what? If Dario Saric moves in free agency or they decide to trade him or whatever happens as far as his future career with the Suns, I think he could be that plug-and-play type of guy that's going to fit that same glue guy mentality for either the Phoenix Suns or for anyone else in the league. He's got to be able to go ahead and develop a shot because right now he's not good for the outside and he's not good at the free throw line, but he does so many other things very well as far as a playmaker, as far as a rebounder, has size inside, can do a lot of things, just has to get that shot going, and if he does could be a very good replacement for Dario Sarge for the Phoenix Suns at number 10. Number 11 is the San Antonio Spurs. 
Aaron Nesmith for me. Best shooter coming out of the draft right now. No question about it. 52% on his threes last season for, at Vanderbilt. I know he was injured for part of the season, but still, look at that stroke. Watch the tape. Go to NBA Draft Junkies. Go to some of the other videos that are out there, and you will see the beautiful stroke that he has. I think it's going to translate well. Defense, if he can go ahead and just be passable on defense or average on defense, my gosh, the sky is the limit for this guy as far as being a player who can contribute year in and year out and counted on as far as being a player that is going to hit that outside shot for you and one of the best shooters in the league. He can easily translate into when he's picked. But the thing is, how good is his defense going to be? We're not quite sure yet. And how well that is is going to dictate how many minutes he's going to get on the floor, whether it's for San Antonio, who's picking a number 11, or anyone else that selects him in the upcoming NBA draft. Number 12 for Sacramento is Devin Vassell from Florida State. Here's another versatile player from Florida State. Again, just a really, really good player. I really think he's very versatile. He can also guard three different positions, shooting guard, point guard, and the small forward. Has enough quickness. I really think he can do well at the next level. Decent shooter already. I think he can go ahead and that will translate as a a pretty good shooter at the next level. The only thing is getting him to do more than just be a 3 and D threat is probably going to be a little bit hard to ask because he doesn't have great playmaking skills as of yet as far as passing off double teams, as far as finding that man, as far as being able to recognize exactly everything out on the floor. Not yet developed that aspect of the game, but right now as a Good possibility for another 3 and D player from Florida State, like Patrick Williams. I really think that Devin Vassell would be a good pickup for the Sacramento Kings at number 12. Number 13, you've got New Orleans Pelicans. That's right, the New Orleans Pelicans are at number 13. I'm going ahead with another combo guard here in RJ Hampton. Good size. Just got to go ahead. Again, I know it sounds like a broken record out there, but the shot and the this is going to be something that a lot of these guys have to develop. But the shot right now is just not there yet, but solid playmaker. He's very careful with the ball, low turnovers, makes the right decision, makes the right play. You really can't argue with that. He's got length. He's going to go ahead and be a benefit for you, I think, on both sides of the ball. But the only thing is, in order for him to get become, let's say, a six-man or a a guy coming off the bench to into a really good starter league. He has to become a threat from the three-point line, and that's something that he needs to develop. In fact, you're going to hear this again, like I said, like almost like a broken record. But if he does that, he really has a long career ahead of him in the league. But right now, I've got the New Orleans Pelicans. We have a lot of talent already. I see them picking at number 13. If they keep their pick, R.J. Hampton. Number 14. This one's going to have a based on, again, what I did earlier, like it was actually at number one when you're talking about with James Wiseman. And that's Portland Trailblazers. Now, the Portland Trailblazers at number 14, I have them picking up Alexei Pokushevsky. That's right, Alexei Pokushevsky. Say that 10 times fast. My gosh, the guy has a lot of potential, can shoot from the outside. He's already a stretch big, seven foot can go ahead, block those shots, be an intimidating force inside, can also go ahead and shoot, handle the ball, 
And this guy, I think, is one of the best passers in the NBA draft that's coming out. Not at, at the mellow ball level, mind you, but he is definitely very, very good. Outside of the point guards, he is right there when it comes to being able to recognize double teams, recognize people cutting to the basket, and find them. Excellent passer, I cannot say enough, which is really hard to find sometimes when it comes to big men. But the problem is, when we're talking about a big man, we're really only talking about a big man in the size of his size at seven feet. He is, if you look at him, I guess his listed 200, 205 pounds, but you know, as I said in my article that I have right now for the mock draft volume 1.0 at popculturecosmos.com, I mean, he is paper thin and that's probably doing the paper and injustice. I mean, if you've seen, and I'd love to throw in pop culture, if you've seen Captain America, the first Avenger, where the senator, when he sees Steve Rogers getting ready to go ahead and get in the machine that's going to turn him into Captain America, that kid needs a sandwich. There's going to be a lot of people saying about Alexei Pokashevsky that, hey, that kid needs a sandwich. He's going to need to bulk up. He's going to need to get in that weight room without hampering too much his agility, athleticism, and speed, but still be able to go ahead and get bulkier. If he can get to like 220, 225 maybe, it's going to help him a lot. Being stronger will help him be able to go ahead and handle the pounding that you can have in the NBA over the course of an 82-game season. So I have him right now at number 14 for the Portland Trailblazers. Number 15, someone that... I heard a lot of good things about him. He's rising up draft boards. He could go a lot higher than this. I wouldn't be surprised. And at number 15 for the Orlando Magic is Kira Lewis Jr. from Alabama. Very quick. Great playmaking ability. Finishing at the rim is still an issue for him. Being able to go ahead and work with either hand in order to go ahead and finish effectively at the basket is still an issue. It's still something that he can address. Decent shooter. Could work on his shot a little bit better, but you know what? He's got a lot of things there that will fill up the stat sheet. And I think he can become a good player in the NBA, maybe even a starter in the league. He could definitely be someone that can come off the bench and really ignite the team. But I know that he has the potential, if he can go ahead and fulfill it, to become a decent starter in the NBA. And if that's the case, the Orlando Magic could sure use it with a point guard, and that's why I'm having Kira Lewis Jr. at number 15 for the Orlando Magic. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. Uh, 
that's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. Number 16, Minnesota Timberwolves. This is one of the guys I'm going to go ahead and ask Stone Hansen because he is at a far different place on Stone's list than mine. And I've actually seen this guy a lot higher on the list as well. He is just simply all over the place. And that's Precious Achua from Memphis. 6'9", can play both the 3 and the 4, maybe even the 5 as well as a small ball 5. Rim runner, great hustle, big time motor, can rebound, very solid shooter from inside. I mean, if, if you want to go ahead and try and make him a stretch four, I don't think he'll be able to go ahead and have a consistent shot from out there. But you know what? I think he can go ahead and be in the mold of Clint Capella and Montrose Harrell, that type of big-time motor, big-time follow-through, and big-time hustle. At 16 for the Minnesota Timberwolves, if he's there, it would be a good pick. Precious Achua for the Minnesota Timberwolves at number 16. Number 17. Dallas Mavericks. I've got another versatile player for you, and that's Sadiq Bay. He's one of the better shooters in the draft. I think he can go ahead and be that 3 and D guy if he gets the D to a certain level. It's not quite there yet. Still makes some poor decisions on defense. Needs to go ahead and get focus and get his positioning a little bit better. But you know what? He is a good shooter. Got to start off with that. I really think that as a developing player, he can go ahead and become an asset for a team, especially with that kind of shot. Cannot be dependent on for being a great playmaker, but I definitely think if he gets his defense anywhere near a level where it's consistent, he could be a good 3-D option for either Dallas, who's at number 17, or anyone else who selects him in the NBA draft. Number 18, we've got Boston Celtics. They've got some picks this year. They've got three right now on the board. This is their first one. And their first one at number 18 is going to be Cole Anthony. A lot to say about Cole Anthony. I know there's a lot of winners talk about as far as his one-and-done year at North Carolina. Didn't exactly turn out the way he wanted it to be with an awful team and awful start because he was injured. Took a lot upon himself. How much of that is him and how much of that was the poor team he was on? It's really hard to tell when you watch the tape and you watch the games that he was in. But it's something that I think as a, you know, someone who can fill up the basket as a good scorer, I really think he can do that. He has underrated playmaking ability because I think he can make the pass when you need him to. Defensive, eh, we'll have to go ahead and, and see if he can go and, and be better on the defense and more focused on the defensive end. But you know what? I think as somebody who will get you buckets, if that's what you're looking for, I think he can score in the league, and that's Cole Anthony at number 18 for the Boston Celtics. I think he can go ahead and become an effective point guard in the league. I'm hoping it, again, like I said, it's, it was more the team than him. Number 19, I'm going to go with, with the Milwaukee Bucks and Theo Maladone. This guy is all over the place. Some have him in the second round. Some have him way higher in the first round. Some have, I've seen even one of them that had earlier in the year as high as number three. Coming over from France, reminding people somewhat of Tony Parker. I don't think he's there, but not, at least not yet. 
but I think he can go ahead and have the potential. He's got a lot of speed. He's got it like he can go ahead and, and just the way he goes and sees the floor, I really like. But he is, he's a ways away. And uh, I think if there's any player that's a Fran Fraschilla, and if you know Fr Fran Fraschilla as far as his famous line, two years away from being two years away, well, I think Theo Maladon, at least at this portion of the draft, is a two years away from being two years away. G League development there, give him plenty of time to become that player that I think he can become, but it's just going to take a while longer. And if Milwaukee's picking there, I think that would be a great place for him to go because there is no need, no rush to get him out on the court and be able to go ahead and just go ahead, put him in the G League or have him develop at a certain point in time so he can go ahead at his own pace. And I think that would pay off. You put him on a team that's not winning as much and you put him out there to make mistakes and things of that nature, that might be an issue because he may never actually get the development the way you want him to. But Theo Melodone is who I have for the Milwaukee Bucks at number 19. Number 20 is the Brooklyn Nets. Well, for me, it's going to be Jamias Ramsey out of Texas Tech. Defensively, he's really strong. It just The numbers just shoot up as far as his defensive efficiency what he brings to the table as far as from steals, team defense, on the ball defense, really, really good at focus on that end of the floor. Needs to get here, it's like, again, like a broken record, needs to get something going as far as the shot is concerned and being more effective. You know, he did shoot 43% from the three-point line, but I don't know, with his free throw percentage in a 60s, I don't know if it's going to translate well. See, that's the thing. When you talk to all these these experts and all these people in the know as far as what they see and how they evaluate, they may have a good three-point shot in college, but if their free throw shooting isn't good along with it, it might not translate well into the NBA. So while he did average 43% from the three-point line, I don't want to say for sure that it's a done deal that he's going to be able to transfer that good shot from the three-point line in the NBA. So I'm hoping it will, but that's kind of like inconclusive. And that's what I was able to go ahead and, and determine that his shot is inconclusive at this point in time. So we're not really sure. And because of that, he falls a little bit to number 20 for the Brooklyn Nets. But on the defensive end, the numbers are there. And it's also optics as well. He, he's a really good defender. Number 21, I've got a lot of potential again right here at number 21 for the Denver Nuggets, and that is Josh Green, shooting guard out of Arizona. Uh, wingspan, got, so he's got the long arms that can go ahead and get in there as far as from a defensive standpoint. Shooting mechanics, that's what I was looking at. He's just really solid stroke. You know, it's something to me that I think that Josh Green has a lot of potential, but he just wasn't able to prove it out on the floor very well at Arizona. Just didn't quite work out very well for him anyways, but he does have a lot of tools that, if worked upon, can translate. And if he wants it, by the way, too, as well. This is something that Rafael and I have talked about. If that player wants it it can translate well into the NBA. So I think he could have some skills there, but it's going to take some time to develop. And if you have patience on a playoff team like the Denver Nuggets at 21, it would be actually a pretty good late round steal, most likely. But again, you have to give him time to develop. 
Number 22 is the Philadelphia 76ers, and they need length. They need some size to back up Joel Embiid. They do need some shooting as well. Shooting is going to be a little bit harder to come by at this portion of the draft, at least as far as any size with any shooting. So I'm going to go ahead and say at this point in time, they're just going to go and get someone that can back up Joel Embiid and give them some size. Whatever they decide to do with Al Horford, whether they keep him, whether they try to trade him, what have you. I think Jalen Smith, a power forward out of Maryland, very athletic, can rebound very well, block some shots, very good athleticism inside, very efficient. Okay from three in college. We're not sure if that's going to be able to translate at the next level. I'm not sure if they're going to utilize him in the same way that they would in Al Horford, especially if they make him a backup center per se. But he does have great athleticism. I think he can go ahead and be, as a backup player coming off the bench, a, a you know, good rim runner for Ben Simmons and, and a great option as far as that's concerned once he develops a little bit. But he is someone that I think that you can give him 15 to 20 minutes a game and he can be very effective for you. So I think at number 22, Philadelphia, even though I'll probably be looking for some shooting, it may not find it, and if it if they cannot if, if someone doesn't fall, if a good shooter doesn't fall in the draft to number twenty-two, I see them picking up some size in Jalen Smith. Number twenty-three is Jaden McDaniels going to the Miami Heat. Jaden and I spoke about this with you know with Raphael that's coming up here pretty soon, and I'm just gonna say that at, he just didn't fulfill his potential at Washington. But my gosh, the guy has a lot of potential. And I think his uh, early season hype that was going into it with both him and Isaiah Stewart just didn't pan out. Maybe they didn't play off each other very well. Just didn't seem like there was a lot of schemes that benefited them both, both offensively and defensively. I really think that at this point in time, he of the two will probably have a better career in the league. I think he has more potential as far as from an inside-out format. I think he does have a lot of great athleticism, and that can translate, but he's got to want it. I don't know if he wants it. I hope he does. I think he does. I'm not 100% sure. So if, you know, if he applies his talents a little bit better than what he did at Washington, I could see him being a big-time steal for the Miami Heat at number 23. Number 24, the Utah Jazz. Right now I have them picking Vernon Carey Jr. out of Duke. Big man. A lot of things that if it was the year 2000, the year 2005, probably would go well because you have a, you know, still at that point in time dominance of the big man in the league. But he does a lot of things as far as very good inside, rebounding, force inside. He throws his weight around because he's 6'10", 265, so he can throw his weight around as far as giving you some size inside. Uh, pretty good in the low post. Got some issues as far as being able to stick, you know, obviously, if he, since he's so big, being able to go ahead and switch off on smaller players. That will be an issue for him, and he could be isolated and hung out to an island all onto itself you know, pretty easily, so that's going to be a problem for him. But he is a big man that, you know, is coming into play where this, it's a lot different than what he's used to and how he can prosper. But as a big man backup to Rudy Gobert or someone that may have to play a lot more minutes than expected if Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, that doesn't work out very well. 
I think he can be a foundational piece for them, if that's the case, and given the opportunity. But that's someone who we were talking about maybe being 15, 20 minutes a game, maybe even a little bit more. But the problem is, once you get into the more category, that could be an issue as far as being exploited for defensive shortcomings, as far as quickness, athleticism. And then on the offensive end, can he stretch the floor right now? It doesn't look good stretching out the floor beyond a 15-footer. Really nice from 15-foot in. Outside of that, it's tough to tell. So we'll wait and see. But I've got Vernon Carey Jr. offering some size to the Utah Jazz at number 24. Number 25, Oklahoma City Thunder. And this right now is just a straight draft for them pretty much. I mean, you're not going to see much action from them as far as many picks yet. But you will be seeing them in the years to come because of all the trades that they did. So Oklahoma City, in my opinion, is going to get Paul Reed, power forward out of DePaul. Defense, rebounding, rim running. Can do all of those well. I really think he'd become a defensive specialist in the league. With some even saying he plays the best defense right now coming out of the draft. So you can't argue with that uh, as far as what he knows he's going to be able to do. And I guess from what Raphael was saying before, that at this point in time in the draft, you're going to get a lot of specialists. And you're right. This is what you're going to see when you're, these teams are picking in the 20s is more than I, you know, I've thought about more about our conversation then, and you are going to see a lot of specialists. And definitely Paul Reed is a specialist. Rebounding, defending, rim running, athleticism, you're going to get that. The problem is you're going to ask him to do anything more. That might be the issue. But if you stay within his realm, as far as being a defensive threat, offensive rebounding, rebounding, getting the ball out of the break, going ahead, giving that hustle, getting to the rim, I think you'd be a great pickup at number 25 for the Oklahoma City Thunder. 26 is the New York Knicks. And if they don't get their point guard up and higher in the draft, I have them right now picking Trey Jones out of Duke. For the all looks like it looks like he's going to be a solid, solid backup guard. Decent shooter as far as from the free throw line. Needs to get a little bit better on his three-point shooting, but I think he can make the jump. Just like I said, just not a big-time deficiency area for him. Can do the playmaking that you need, can come off the bench, and I think we'll really have that type of resume that says, you know what, he's going to be a bench contributor in the league for many years to come. I don't see him as a starter in the league. I certainly don't see him as a star in the league, but someone who's going to give you a solid foundation each and every game. But I really don't think that would be a bad choice at all for the New York Knicks at number 26. Number 27 is going to be the Boston Celtics. And right now I've got Isaiah Stewart. Isaiah Stewart at number 27. A lot of potential on this guy that was coming out. A lot of people thought he was going to be possibly even the number one pick in the draft. But it goes back to that situation as Vernon Carey from Duke. He plays a style that is not exactly beneficial in today's smaller guard-centric, wing-centric NBA. Someone that plays with his size. Someone that plays within the line of the basket. Yeah, just that the problems are right there. But you know what? As someone who can be an interior force, I think he can do that. He's got size and strength. I think when you're asking him to do a little bit more as far as being able to provide you any type of outside shot or being able to go ahead and switch off on different men, 
that's going to be the problem. But I think as someone who could be a power forward or center in the league coming off the bench, I think he can do that. Again, it's going to be in limited minutes, but I think he can prosper in that type of role. So at 27, I have Boston Celtics picking up Isaiah Stewart from Washington. Number 28, I've got Zeke Naji from Arizona going to the Toronto Raptors at number 28. Hustle, hustle, hustle. Big size, 6'11", 240, very good size. I think he can go ahead and, and be a force as far as following up on baskets, rim running. Defense, interior, the only thing is with a lot of hustle and a lot of motor, he didn't exactly block a lot of shots. Wasn't that intimidating force I think a lot of people were looking for, so that was kind of disappointing. Has a decent jumper from inside 15 feet, so he could expand that. That's a possibility. He could expand that and be a stretch five. We'll have to wait and see, but is somebody that has nice size and he's got decent athleticism, should be more of an intimidating factor, but Toronto, great defensive mindset that they have there. They do a lot of good things on the floor when it comes to the defensive side of the balls. If they select him, they could teach him and build a foundation for him as far as the defensive end. So right now I see the Toronto Raptors at number 28, picking up Zeke Naji out of Arizona. Number 29 for you Laker fans. That's right. Number 29 as of now is for the Los Angeles Lakers, provided they don't trade it or do anything like that. Playmaking and shooting. Playmaking and shooting, that's something that they're looking for. And at this point in the draft, even though he's a little bit on the shorter side, at six feet, six feet one, Tyrell Terry out of Stanford can fit the bill coming off the bench, being someone that, almost like a J.J. Barea, can shoot, can playmake, and do the things that you need to get done. Sometimes he does a little bit too much and a little bit uh, poor decision-making at times. Defensively, that could be the issue. We don't know whether or not it's his defensive skills are going to translate into a Fred Van Vliet of a similar size, or if it's going to translate into a Trey Young. We're going to have to wait and see. I'm hoping that it will translate into a Fred Van Vliet, but I've seen things that go either which way on that. But right now, very crafty. Knows what to do with the ball. If he stays in control, stays within himself, he makes a lot of good decisions. So we'll wait and see what happens. And of course, he's a great shooter from three and also free throws already. So I think that will translate to the next level. And as a six man or as a, a uh, glue guy coming off the bench, I really think that he could work out for any team. So I have him right now at the Los Angeles Lakers going at number 29. And last but not least, Boston Celtics once again at number 30. It's Tyrese Maxey out of Kentucky. Again, someone who's all over the draft boards. High, low, I've seen him all over the place. This also goes into the case of he shoots well from the free throw line. So people are just saying they're projecting that he's going to be able to try and maximize a three-point shot once he gets to the next level. I'm not 100% convinced because I've seen a stroke outside and it's not the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. But if he develops that, if he works hard on it, that's a possibility. I really think that you know, his biggest strength is as a defender. So if that's the case, if you want to go ahead and look at it as a defensive stopper or somebody who can go ahead and give you some good defensive minutes coming off the bench, 
I don't want to see him though as a point guard because I'm not sure he's that great as a playmaker, but as a shooting guard coming off the bench, a little bit smaller at 6'3", but still someone who can be effective on the defensive side of the ball that hopefully will be able to work on his outside shot and be able to develop that. Tyrese Maxey at the end of the draft right now for my mock draft at volume 1.0. That's for the Boston Celtics. Could be a good pickup in Tyrese Maxey. So that's my mock draft for now. I want to go ahead and see a written portion of it. You know what? By all means, go ahead and check it out today at Pop Culture Cosmos. It's right there. Lakers Fast Break, Mock Draft Volume 1.0. For now, everybody listening, I just want to say thank you for listening. Truly appreciate it. If you get a chance, please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell any basketball or Lakers fans out there about us right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.